We're beginning a new series today, Who I Am in Christ. One of the sad things of our world, and I'm talking about when I say our world, those of us who know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, is that so frequently we live way beyond, way beyond, way beneath, rather than beyond, where we really are in Christ. And we live in a world now where disinformation and fake information is so prevalent that we need to be able to take the time to get back to the truth of what God says we truly are. And so that's what we're going to be doing over the next weeks is focusing on this is who the Word of God says we are in Christ. That this work that has been done for us by God with His Son and the work of the Holy Spirit makes all the difference in how we do life. And now that brings us this question. Who are you, Lord? Now, that's a quote from a guy by the name of Saul on his way to Damascus, old, you know, back in the old days, back in the New Testament times. And he's struck by a blinding light. He's on his way. He's very religious. He's on his way to capture and imprison and even potentially put to death some of those who are followers of Christ. And in the middle of this, this blinding light strikes him down. And with all this going on, even though nobody else around him understands or realizes what's going on, he asks this question, Who are you, Lord? He didn't say, What's the light? He didn't say, when's it going to go out? He said, who are you, Lord? Now, the reason that's so important is that every one of us, at some point in our lives, if we're here and we know Christ, we have prayerfully asked that same question. Who are you, Lord? Because if we've never answered that question, then there's a, an issue for us. A few weeks ago, I asked all those who were here to take a moment and go back to that time when you had that first realization that the Holy Spirit was working in your life. You may not have understood all that, but you knew there was something missing. You knew something wasn't as it ought to be. And so at that moment in time in your personal history, God did a work of grace, and as a result of that, you came into the kingdom of God by the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, when this happened to Saul, man, oh man, when Jesus answered and said, I'm the Christ, I'm the one you're persecuting. Now, You have to understand that Saul was thinking, no, I'm not persecuting Christ. I'm after those people who are the followers of the way. I'm after those people who are, you know, trying to create this splinter group from Judaism. I'm trying to squash and put out this little fire that seems to be getting going over here. That's causing people to have something way different than what we have had in the past. The same could be true for us. The moment the Holy Spirit starts dealing with us, we can start touting all of our religious experiences. Most of us, not all of us, but most of us have had some religious experience before coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
My parents moved north to Ohio. When we arrived there, even though they were from the south and they were Southern Baptists, there was no Baptist churches. And so we attended a brethren church. My parents were very involved. Always working, serving in the capacity that they could. When I was 12, my mom said to me, son, you're at the age of accountability. Okay, mom, what's that mean? That means you need to join the church. I said, okay, how do I do that? We went and talked to the pastor. Here's what you got to do. You got to be baptized. So I was baptized. And by the way, just so you know, the Brethren Church at that time, I'm not sure how they are now because we've not had any affiliation with them for some time. But the Brethren Church at that time, they had a sacrament that we don't practice. You see, they had the baptism and they had communion, but they also had foot washing. I could have said on that day the Holy Spirit was convicting me of my need for Christ. Listen, my parents have been in church, they've been involved, they've done this, they've done that, and they've even been to foot washing. I would always ask my parents when they were getting ready to go to foot washing why they were washing their feet before they left. I thought, you know, if you're going to go, get your money's worth, you know. But they did. They would always wash their feet and then they would go to foot washing. Now I'm telling you that for us to think about the reality of what God has done and what God is doing. And so here's this man who asked this question. The question again, as I've said, I hope all of us have asked with a great sincerity, Lord, who are you? We're beginning the new series of who we are in Christ. Well, for that to be the reality that needs to be, the first thing we have to understand is, who is he? So let's look at some of the scripture in regards to who he is. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. This is all part of the gospel of John chapter 1. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In other words, he was there at the very beginning. When creation was going on, last week we referenced Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God. Well, guess what? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were all there in this creation. And this explains it even more in John's gospel. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Didn't get it. The light is shining today. And many, many people are turning away, are ignoring, are denying that there's even a light. And that word, in verse 14 of the same chapter of John 1, and that word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, we're in a time in history where we so desperately need truth. And I'm telling you, And I do watch different news outlets. I do watch different uh, personalities as they try to present uh, the truth of our day. But the truth is, unless you're going to get back to this, you're not going to know the truth. And when we do that, we have the Holy Spirit working in us who inspired the writing of this book to help us understand what this book is and the difference it makes. Because as James says, and we've been over that many, many times, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So you can say here today, 
And you can listen to what I have to say. You can have listened to the songs that we've sung that have lyrics in them that are very biblical. And you can walk away and say, oh, nice service. Let's go get lunch. I'm not opposed to lunch, so you know. But the reality for us is, this is God's truth. What are we going to do about it? And am I willing to allow the Holy Spirit to take His grace, His truth, apply it to my life so that it makes a difference in my family, my marriage, the rearing of our children? Does it even make a difference where I work and how I treat my employees? Or my employer. All of that is part of what God is doing as we understand who Christ is and who we are in Him. In Luke 9 20, and He said to them, that's His disciples, but who do you say? See, the question is, who are you? Who are you? Again, the question, who are you? But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, You're the Christ of God. That's who you are. You're the Christ. Now, for Peter to make that proclamation was incredible and miraculous. You're the Christ. You're the one that will make the difference in the history of mankind. Not just in the Jewish nation. Luke twenty two seventy, And they said to him, are you the son of God? He said, yes, I am. And then he goes to this. And the Jews gathered around him and they were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. I told you. (laughs) And you don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify in me. He says, I'm telling you, I'm showing you, and you still don't believe. But you do not believe because you're not my sheep. Because my sheep, maybe you don't like being called sheep. I don't know. But his word says, and Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. Is that not the most wondrous thing in the world? He knows me. And they follow me. They read my word. They hear my word. They study my word. And they follow me. And I give eternal life to them. And they'll never perish. And no one can snatch them out of my hand. The moment that you've truly accepted Christ... Uh, I mentioned to you, I went through those religious activities that were presented to me by my mother and my pastor at that time. I went forward, I joined the church, I did the the baptism thing. And I didn't know Jesus from nothing. I didn't. I'd done what I had been asked to do. And I still didn't know Christ. In fact, the truth of the matter is, I can't remember if anybody along the way ever told me anything about Jesus. All they were concerned about, from what I remember, is, are you joining the church? Are you getting on the church roll? 
Nobody even mentioned to me that I can remember now that this moment of decision for you is an eternal decision. Because the wants are the moment that you accept Christ. From that moment on, I'm living eternally. Now, this body that I'm wearing right now, it's going to wear out. If I keep beating my head on the concrete, probably wear out a little sooner. This body has a shelf life. And I'm using it up, which I'm supposed to do. But my spirit and my soul, they're eternal. And so my relationship with him, my Christ, through the work of the Holy Spirit, is all eternal. And so the decisions that I make every day are affecting that. I mentioned to you before, you know, we're told that in the judgment, everything will be judged. And those things which are not of God, which are not what he desires, will be burned up like wood, hay, and stubble. And so what I'm trying to do, I would pray and encourage you to do as well. Let's have some little campfires along the way, burning up the dross, getting rid of all the junk. I do not want a bonfire on judgment day because I have not been willing to take care of the stuff that need to be taken care of. And see, that, that can't rest with anybody but me. It can't. I have to be responsible before God and the work of the Holy Spirit. And as he reveals his word to me and as he convicts me that my life has changed. And because it is, I am in his hand. And I am living this life eternal that will one day transition from this physical realm into that spiritual realm. And in the meantime, he's got me. He's got me. I'm his. And my father who gave them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. She and I were listening to a program yesterday. And this guy, one of the guys that I like to listen to, I respect his opinions and his views on the scripture. And he said, isn't it time that we as Christians quit debating about whether or not our salvation is eternal? But see, that's still a debate. There's still those today who are standing in pulpits across America and other parts of the world who are saying that this salvation that we have, which is eternal, is actually only temporary. How sad that is. Now, please understand, if you've just gone through the religious ceremonies, I'm sorry, that's all you got. But if you have truly convicted by the Holy Spirit, come into the presence of Father God because of the work that Jesus did, that's eternal. And we're in his hand. And because we are, and then we move from that to another guy we like to listen to. And he says, because we know this, they, they didn't, you know, we were looking at different programs, but to see the Holy Spirit, how he did this yesterday for us. Because we know this, we should be so very, very diligent in sharing this reality with other people. And that is exactly the case. So who are we sharing with? Who is it? And I understand that some of us may be limited in our scope of people that we're exposed to on a weekly basis. But I can promise you this. When our heart is as God desires it to be, he will put people in our path. For us to share the reality of Jesus Christ.
to share the reality of what he's doing and what he has done in our lives. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. So the day that I die physically, guess what? I'm living like never before. Because I've done something, oh no. But because he's done something to make all this possible. So as we think about who we are in Christ, we have to do so with an understanding of who he is as the Christ. And how that makes all the difference in our lives. So how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called the children of God and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. This is what we have. We have this intimacy, this relationship. And it makes a difference when we get up in the morning. It's not like... yeah. Uh, it's just me, but I'll go into, I'll encounter someone on a Monday morning. Hey, how you doing? Well, I'm doing okay for a Monday. I say, isn't it great? This is the day the Lord hath made, and we rejoice and be glad in it, and then you get hit with something, but anyway. This, this time that we have left on earth is too short to be wasting it as we are sadly doing in so many ways again loving God loving others we work this out we walk this out and how our lives can then be an eternal investment in the lives of others now so as we began this series we wanted to add a level of redundancy you know what redundancy is right Repetition, 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 repetition. How do we learn? Repetition, repetition, repetition. So, that being said, this week when you received your newsletter, you found in your newsletter a scripture devotion for each day beginning Wednesday going till next Tuesday. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you did that. Let's do it this way. How many of you want to do that? (laughs) Let's start on the positive side, okay? So, these scripture that I'm getting ready to read to you were the ones listed in the newsletter this week. And every week, as we continue this series, they'll be listed every day, for every day of the week, two verses of scripture that emphasize who we are in Christ. So, would you... Just very prayerfully listen as I read these for you. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. Now we're talking about who we are in Christ. I am clean through his word. I am a branch on the vine. I am a child of God. And I have eternal life. I'm Christ's friend. I'm chosen to bear fruit. I've been given glory and I have been justified. I've died to sin. I've been baptized into Christ's death. I'm a slave of righteousness 
and I am free from sin. And that's what the Word of God says about my life and your life as we are in Christ. So if you will, stand up, please. I want to read those again, as I said, redundancy, because we have heard so much garbage in our world that sometimes it takes a moment for the Spirit to get through to our spirit the truth that we need. And sometimes, as it says in Romans, we have to renew our minds, and we renew our minds through the Word of God so that we can then live out who we are in Christ. Please listen prayerfully. I am the salt of the earth. My prayer is your salt still has its flavor and its purpose. I'm the light of the world. Now the reason we're the light of the world is because it's his light shining through us. Hope your lens is clean. My prayer is that it is. I am clean through the word. See, as I read the word of God, it's his word that now cleanses my heart and life and brings conviction and change and transformation. I'm a branch on the vine. I'm attached to him. And because I'm attached to him, all that is his is for me in him. I'm a child of God. Get up every morning. I'm a child of God. Every morning, I am a child of God. He has made me his child. And because of that, I have eternal life. And how long does that last? Oh, for eternity. I am Christ's friend. He says, no longer do I call you this. I call you my friend. I'm chosen to bear fruit. Now, all these are scripture references you'll see in your newsletter. I have been given glory. I have been justified. I have died to sin. Isn't that wonderful? We're dead to sin in Christ. I've been baptized into Christ's death. And I'm a slave to righteousness. No longer am I a slave to sin. I'm free from sin. And I'm a slave to righteousness. Father, pray with me, please. Father, thank you for this day, your truth, and what you want to accomplish in every one of our lives. That God, today, 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 we can know that your word is real. And your word in our spirit and in our soul makes all the difference of how we do life together. How we do life, period. And how we reveal to our world, the world that you place us in for this time and this season, will know, as your word says, that we're yours. And because we are, our life makes the difference. We make the choices that are right. And righteous. We live with your peace in the midst of terrible circumstances. And we have joy that is that well from deep within. That all this is by you, Holy Spirit. We give you praise. Amen.